Have you ever wondered what unicorns eat for breakfast? Or maybe what they use to keep their skin looking so flawless? Well, even if I don't know these answers, I can tell you something equally as interesting and unicorn related. Over 20% of all unicorn startups are using HubSpot, and for good reason. HubSpot's all-in-one platform levels up your sales, software, and support so you can grow beyond your wildest dreams, boosting leads and ramping sales along the way. They even have a constantly evolving collection of resources to help startups scale. Plus, with the HubSpot for Startups program, you can save up to 90% off your first year. I'll admit it does sound a little too good to be true. But unlike that majestic and also incredibly fictitious unicorn, HubSpot for startups is all real. To see if you're eligible to save on HubSpot and take your growth to new heights, visit HubSpot.com startups. What's going on, everyone? It's Wednesday, April 19th. I'm Zachary Crockett here with Rob Litterst and Mark Dent. And you are listening to The Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're talking Taco Bell. Now, you may think of Taco Bell as, you know, a place where drunk college kids go to detox after midnight, but the fast food chain has actually been doing some serious innovating in recent years behind the scenes. We're going to break down what the chain has done right to make things work. But first, let's talk about what else is going on in the world of business and tech. So let's get the crappy news out of the way first. Americans ended 2022 by hitting a record amount of credit card debt. We set a new record score of $986 billion. Yes, that's nearly a trillion dollars. That's going to be a serious problem as uh, inflation comes to a head here as well. Four months after a total flight meltdown at Southwest Airlines, internal technical issues caused the carrier to temporarily pause all flights. The ground stop was formally on the FAA's books for just about 16 minutes, but in reality, about 1,700 flights were delayed as a result of that. A couple weeks back, NPR left Twitter after Musk and team labeled the nonprofit media outlet as government-funded media. Now Canada's CBC and PBS have both followed suit. Uh, I guess if you can't beat them, leave them, as the saying goes. So it is earning report season, and we saw some mixed results yesterday. Bank of America saw profits up 15%. Over at Johnson & Johnson, sales were up 10%. But at Goldman Sachs, profits were down about 18% year over year. There is some good news for Goldman Sachs, though, some silver lining here. And it is that they just partnered with Apple to launch a new high-yield savings account through the Apple Card. Users are going to get a 4.15% APY, which is pretty good. Beats uh, Bank of America's 0.01 by quite a margin there. And another day, another sector bouncing back from pandemic uncertainty. Sporting goods grew 4.3% year over year in the U.S. last year with sales of athletic footwear and apparel, sports and fitness equipment, and licensed gear combining up to $116 billion. And lastly, according to a recent report by Henley Global, New York City has the world's wealthiest population. It's got 340,000 millionaires. And for what it's worth, the Bay Area, where I live, is the global capital of billionaires. We've got 63 of them here. All right, so Robin, Mark, let's dive into our top story here. Our fearless managing editor, Ben Berkeley, drove into Taco Bell's innovation kitchen in today's email. Rob, I, I want to break this down a little bit. But before I do this, just to recap some of the high-level stats here, Taco Bell has this innovation kitchen. They've got 12 chef scientists. They've got 60 food innovation developers. 
there's some magic happening behind the scenes to talk about here. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think the coolest thing about this is you think of like an innovation kitchen as something that like some Michelin star restaurant would have, right? <laughs> right. I think you've broken down to like Shake Shack has one and Shake Shack is kind of like the bougie affluent version of fast food. For sure. I think the kind of combination of Taco Bell, which I think most people look at as kind of like this lowbrow fast food player and an innovation kitchen is just a really fun juxtaposition. And I think if you've been to Taco Bell at any time in the last couple of decades, you've probably seen some results of this innovation kitchen. Hmm. They have really, really creative menu items. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, and we're sort of in a golden era of creative menu items, for better or worse. Some of them are a little kitschy, like Burger King's got a bacon sundae. Pizza Hut has hot dogs, soft crust, and uh, you know KFC got some headlines for their fried chicken flavored nail polish, whatever that is. But over at Taco Bell, it's not just the kitsch. Like people are actually enjoying their experimental items. <laughs> totally. I mean, I think like the Crunchwrap Supreme, which we'll get to in a little bit, it's like an unbelievable innovation in Mexican cuisine. It's it's truly incredible. <laughs> it's been one of my favorite fast food items, probably. I, I don't know if I'd call it Mexican cuisine, but yeah, like whatever it is. Whatever Taco Bell is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I've loved it for like two decades now. Tons yeah. of amazing menu items have resulted from this kitchen. I had a buddy who used to go to Taco Bell literally all the time. They had a job opening for, I think, like either a food tester or somebody to work in their innovation kitchen. And he mm. applied and he was so bummed out when he didn't get it. It's <laughs> I think these roles are actually really highly coveted because it sounds like such a fun job. Oh, for sure. Let's break down some of the key components here. What is Taco Bell doing right? So I think if you look at what Taco Bell's doing right, you're going to see a lot of strategies we would typically associate with startups and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. one of the big ones is iteration. So Taco Bell annually releases 10 new products, but to get to those 10, their innovation lab scientists generate thousands of ideas and test about 70 of them. So we talked earlier about how this would be such a fun job. I mean, just think about that. You're literally running through thousands of ideas, trying to figure out which ones are actually viable, hmm. and then actually testing 70 new food items. Super, super cool. They're also extremely patient. They don't just choose anything. The Crunchwrap Supreme was tweaked in the lab for 13 years <laughs> until it made the cut. And That's I will so just funny say- to me for some reason. Yeah, I will say that 13 years was worth it because it is a perfect fast food item. Not only does it taste amazing, it's actually really hard to spill it. Its construction is perfect. <laughs> I could tell you're a connoisseur, Rob. Yeah, it's a perfect fast food item if I'm being honest. They also pay a ton of attention to detail. So scientific precision is lent to the ingredients, material properties, from bounce to juiciness, spring back to spreadability, and every ratio of all of their menu items is carefully considered, like how the balance of fats and acids impacts mouthfeel and brain chemistry. So these guys are actually thinking about that. If you have this hmm. kind of feeling after eating Taco Bell, like, man, I could really go for another one of those, that's probably because Innovation Kitchen figured out exactly how to make you feel that way. Hmm. It's kind of creepy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, there's a few other things they're doing here. They break convention. They really push the technical limits of what food can be. Like you mentioned, the composition of the crunch wrap not leaking or anything like that. And they also just, you know, have a hyper focus on consumers. They're hyper aware of who their customers are and, and what they want. They play on things like nostalgia and emotion in their menu items. Yeah. One of my favorite things that they do too is they take the logistics of their locations into consideration. So they have some practical constraints that they put into this that helps them kind of whittle down this list. 
Ultimately, they have to consider the cost, the quantity, and preparation of each of their new menu items, as well yeah. as the speed, and if it can be prepared in one minute. I think we did a Sunday story on drive through times, and Taco Bell was one of the fastest. And right, right. It's no surprise. They factor that into literally every new thing that they put on their menu. Yeah, and all of this that we just mentioned has helped Taco Bell balloon into this $15 billion a year in annual sales chain that serves 42 million people every week. Obviously, you know, fast food chains did very well during the pandemic, the drive through model. Other restaurants tried to sort of adapt to that. Mark, I want to bring you in here because you've written a lot about Pizza Hut's innovation and innovation in the pizza space. What kind of parallels are you seeing here? It's interesting. What I'm seeing is that the Taco Bell of the 2020s is the Pizza Hut of the 1990s, basically. <laughs> and it's interesting because they're owned both by the same parent organization, Yum!, but Pizza Hut has not been doing nearly as much innovation. You know, you mentioned like that hot dog stuffed crust pizza. Uh -huh. So they kind of do these things that are just like extra touches on something that they used to do. Or I think they brought back the big New Yorker not that long ago, which came out, I think, originally in the late 90s, maybe the mid 1990s. So in the 90s, I talked to several people from Pizza Hut. Now, this was a couple of years ago now, but they had like a similar kind of schedule and goals to what this big New Yorker piece described about Taco Bell's kind of innovation setup, where they wanted to have a new invention come out every six to eight weeks. Hmm. And they would spend 18 months testing different kinds of pizzas. And they brought a whole lot of things to the fold that we take for granted as being very normal now, including like barbecue pizza and cheeseburger pizza, which are just kind of routine menu items. But they were essentially brand new, mm. especially at scale in the 1990s. And then they came out with like the bigger things like the Sicilian, where they figured out a way to make garlic like stay inside the crust, which involves some heavy engineering. <laughs> and there, there was the big New Yorker, which Donald Trump did the ad for, as people may remember. And stuffed crust, which changed the game entirely. But when you think about since then, they really haven't. What we've seen in the pizza space is like innovation when it comes to like delivery and just getting it to your house faster and making you feel better on its way to your house. And mm. Domino's is much more of a leader in that than Pizza Hut. So I think it's like really impressive. And it shows, you know, Taco Bell has become this juggernaut, like you were saying, $15 billion a year. Yeah. And when you're coming out with new things and appealing to a wide range of customers, like it just makes a lot more sense. And, you know, Pizza Hut's struggles over the last few years are, are pretty well known. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. When I read this story, my mind also immediately went to Shake Shack. We've yeah. written about innovation in different spaces as well. Shake Shack, Rob, like you said, it's like the bougie, you know, fast casual chain. But a few years back in 2019, I went to Shake Shack's Innovation Kitchen in New York. It just looks like a regular restaurant from the outside. And then you walk in, you get on these stairs, and there's this giant industrial kitchen where these entrepreneurial-esque chefs are just making these experimental burgers and stuff. And it, it's really just a place where chefs are given free reign to experiment and create new items. They test them in hyper-local markets and do these little micro-AB tests with burgers. They see what works and they create these new things. And it seems like, you know, in fast food, there's sort of this informal mantra right now. The bigger you get, the smaller you have to act. So... You see a lot of Goliath chains sort of reverting back to a startup mentality and um, trying to get back to the roots of really creating new things. Like the bigger takeaway is that these ideas can come from anywhere. Ideas for new cuisine, new flavors, like new mixes and new ways of blending menu items can literally come from anyone. Yeah. I just think it's so cool to see Taco Bell innovating like this. To your point earlier, I guess Taco Bell's kind of doing it on both axes. Like we wrote about how Taco Bell has that like 
two floor restaurant concept where you drive through underneath and they use elevators to deliver your food. It seems like yeah. everybody else is kind of focused on logistics right now. Like you said about Domino's, like everybody just wants to get you your stuff fast and conveniently. Mm-hmm. But it's really cool to see Taco Bell kind of pushing the boundaries for what their menu can actually include. Yeah. They're keeping the American spirit alive. Innovation. Change. They really are. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I don't mean to sound like a douche by saying this, but I don't know. There's just something kind of funny about this to me. Yeah. Like that it takes 13 years to develop a crunch wrap supreme. And there's like a team of food scientists working around the clock to make this a special thing. Or, you know, just that Pizza Hut is seen as this technological savant that has brought great technological advancement to delivery methods and things like that. You never really know where you're going to find true innovation. It kind of reminds me a bit, this is tangential, but like how, you know, Pornhub or something is considered this huge innovator in technology. You know, right. Like a lot of like great leaps in streaming technology come from like unexpected places like that. Absolutely. I don't know if we have any Guy Fieri fans here, but Triple D, Diners, Drive-Ins and Dives. (laughs) It's obviously kind of like lowbrow, serialized TV. But when you look at the business implications of Diners, Drive-Ins and Dives, the places that they feature on there say that their sales pop by like double, like regularly for years after they land on that show. So it's kind of just like this goofy concept. But then when he leaves, like their business is completely transformed. It's really wild. Hmm. I love situations like this where you have kind of like this goofy brand and underneath it, there's some real kind of business genius going on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that's going to do it for us today, folks. Thanks for tuning into the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Robert Hartwig, and our executive producer, as always, is Mr. Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage for you over in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed, go get yourself signed up at thehustle.co slash email. That's thehustle.co slash email. We'll catch you all tomorrow. Hey, everybody, let me tell you about this great podcast that's available right now. Creator Science, hosted by Jay Klaus, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, which is the audio destination for business professionals. Creator Science goes behind the scenes with today's top creators. Through narrative interviews, Jay Klaus explores how creators like Tim Urban, James Clear, Tori Dunlap, and Cody Sanchez are building their audiences today. And by learning how these creators make a living with their art and creativity, Creator Science can help you gain tools and confidence to do exactly the same. I was actually listening to an episode recently where Jay had on Dr. K, who is a Harvard psychiatrist. And Dr. K helps a lot of creators with performance, burnout, and dealing with a lot of negative feedback online. It's a great hour of conversation with Dr. K, where Dr. K really breaks down what it means to be a creator today and the burnout that a lot of creators do experience and what to do when you get that burnout, because you will. And you can listen to Creator Science wherever you get your podcasts, and I definitely suggest it. Listen to Creator Science wherever you get your podcasts.